Hey everyone, and welcome to the Cheyenne Hills podcast, Verse by Verse. We know it's often hard to find time to spend studying God's Word, so we're happy you can join us as we read, unpack, and discuss Scripture every Tuesday and Thursday. We hope you enjoy the program. Well, hello again, everybody, and welcome to Verse by Verse. And guys, we are still... It's like we've been in Genesis forever, and we're get, we're drawing drawing near to the end. We might be finished by we the end might, of February. I think we, we got 50, 51. No, 50 is it. Just so, 50 is it. And we're in 49 right now, but 49, there is a lot. We're going to have to probably break this up in a couple couple different podcasts. Um, but this is the this is the story of Jacob. He refers to himself as, the Bible refers to him as Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But we also, he also is referred to as Israel, because his name was changed. He's the one that wrestled with God. There's so much about Jacob. We, th- we talked about this not long ago, just about that whole Jacob cycle and how there is, there's a whole bunch of, of the Genesis dedicated to Jacob and his yeah. story and his son's story. And it's just a, it's an incredible kind of, it's where God really, I don't know, kind of grew the people as far as the numbers. He went down to, um, to Egypt to get food and they camped out there. Well, that's the group that became what? a million people million men when they left with uh with Moses and so they they were there 400 years the bible tells us and were probably slaves for most of that time if not if not all of the time i think i think early on it was probably more favor and it turned more into when well, pharaoh who or, knew not joseph came yeah, along yeah yeah exactly that that just forgot all about their their agreement and said, "Hey, we got a whole bunch of these folks from Israel. Really, let's really great in, workers, really great livestock herders. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we're gonna make you guys slaves now." Yeah, I think true. someone like, mentioned they were uh, shepherds too. So that's right. <laughs> to heck with them. <laughs> they, they, so that's probably written in the in the annals, and they said, "Okay, shepherds, that's a low life. So we can we can definitely put these guys to work." <laughs> yeah, the shep, the uh, Pharaoh who didn't know him showed up, and the guy who was just looking back at the secretary's notes <laughs> said, <laughs> "Shepherds, yeah, exactly." And uh, to work. And and when I say the Jews were low lives, that's the perspective of the Pharaoh yes. and the and of Egypt, because that's what they really thought of shepherds. I'm trying to cover all my bases here. So so anyway, I'm gonna start reading, but I want to stop as he discusses each each one of his sons because mm-hmm. you guys have done a lot of work to to get some background. I really appreciate that. And so I think that'll be helpful as we go through these these tribes of these sons, but these are the tribes of Israel. And so here we go. Then Jacob, so he's about to die, all right? So he, he summoned his sons, and he said, Assemble yourselves, that I may tell you what shall befall you in the days to come. And this is kind of crazy, because he's basically kind of prophesying, and some of these are not uh, endearing words mm-hmm. that he says to some of these sons. Right, and I, I think we should just, for those people who may be just catching up and maybe <clears throat> missed it, like we're not going to go through all of the, the tribes right. in this, this particular passage, because he already did two. He okay. did uh, Ephraim and Manasseh, and he gave them their blessings that we, we kind of looked at last week. So if you want to go back and look at those. But right. like, so we're going to w- look through now, and I think it's important that he says his sons, because yeah. Ephraim and Manasseh were his grandsons okay. who took place. Because like as we're going to go through this, you guys will see us kind of like talk about where they're at in the land of Egypt. And you'll never see Joseph, or not in the land of Egypt, in the land of Canaan. Canaan uh, yeah. But we'll never say Joseph's name, because yeah. we, were, we talked about how we his posterity was doubled. Yep. Through his his sons. That's right. All right. So here we go. Uh, verse two says, "Gather together and hear, O sons of Jacob, and listen to Israel, your father." So it's kind of interesting how it's it's this group together there. I, we should know that this is one and the same guy, just with a different name. Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might, and the beginning of my strength, preeminent in dignity and preeminent in power. 
uncontrolled as water, you shall not have preeminence, because you went up to your father's bed, and you defiled it. He went up to my couch. So this was a story we read early on. I don't remember what the verse... I think chapter 35? 35, yeah, 35. 32. And uh, and he he defiled his his father's bed, the concubine, I believe, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, Bilha. Yeah. And so um, so he said, because of that, that's he remembers that, he knows that. And because of that, you're not going to, uh, you're not going to get a, a a land. Is that correct? We, no, he, we, he's going to get a land. He's just not going to get any any other things. He's like, you are my son, so you. That's you, right. You don't you, get the first blessing. Yes, that, you don't get reserved. the first blessing. You that's just, right. You get the bare minimum. Like you took my my concubine and you yep. did things with her that I mean, like so, as we'll read in Deuteronomy. So like, you're not going to get the preeminence, the firstborn blessing. Yes, well, you just get and, land. And I don't, I don't know. know if, sorry. I don't know if anyone should be surprised by that at this point. Like, wh- which of the last several generations have the firstborns actually got the blessing? No, that's a good point. It's almost it's almost like it's passed well, over partially because first... you did that, but it's also kind of tradition now. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm really, I mean, this is really forward for, forward thinking in this idea, but like, if we we kind of trace this idea of the firstborn getting the blessing, the actual only firstborn I can think of in the New Testament or in the Bible is is Jesus. Hmm, that's interesting. Like, n- no firstborn really gets any blessing in the Old Testament, and especially in the Jacob cycle, no yeah. firstborn does. Yeah. Nowhere, like, King David is the last of the last the in, youngest, in that. Yep, King true. Solomon is the second, not the first, hmm. child. And Good so, point. like, over and over and over again, it's not until you actually get well, to Jesus that yeah. we have a firstborn getting... That's an interesting thought. And, and it, the thing with Perez, Perez was almost a second child, but then... Um, uh, that's right. But then he wasn't. I got a problem here. Um, he was almost the second child, but then he wasn't. Um, so he's even the second child who still usurped preeminence. Yeah. And then he isn't the one who is the descendant or ancestor of I wonder David. I wonder what God's showing here. I never really had thought that before, but that's, uh, I, I mean, maybe it's just God's sovereign selection process in, in this whole thing. And and even, even though, okay, here's what tradition says the oldest is going to inherit. Uh, boy, in the in the line or in the biblical lineage, it's certainly in, in this lineage especially, we certainly don't see the firstborn getting that that blessing. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting. All right, so there's there's Reuben. He's the oldest, and he said, "You're not going to get this blessing. You did get a a tribe, and we looked at those tribes. Where's do you remember where his is? His uh, uh, it's down to the south, as I recall. Hang on one second. And I think it's really interesting as he's, he's finding that as like he describes Reuben as unstable as yeah. water, and so he he starts off the blessing with saying, "You're so cool. You, you were my firstborn. You were so strong. strong you're yeah. fruitful, but like you you're water. Like you you just do whatever, and there's no actual shape to you, and so you <laughs> actually ended up doing something terrible. So so this was that land is probably the the area where. Uh, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah was. It's pretty. It's very desolate today. It's the area where um, it's on. It's where uh, Jordan. It's on the other side of the Dead Sea. It's very desolate. It's where the uh, um, oh, the Hittite nation is. And there's a there's a lot of things that took place there. But they're all. It's a very desolate land. It's not the place. The landing place you would want to. To select. It was not. You know. It's not prime spot right now. Verse five. It says <laughs> Simeon and Levi are brothers. Their swords are um, implements of violence. Let my soul not enter into their council. Let my glory be united with their assembly. Let not my glory be united with their assembly, because in their anger they slew men, and in their self-will they 
lamed oxen. Cursed be their anger, for it is fierce, and their wrath, for it is cruel. I will disperse them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. Boy, this was a, and this was a scene. They were kind of heroic in their rescue, but they were too brutal. Is kind of what he was saying. You remember that story? Yeah, early on, went, definitely over the top. Yeah, and there's, uh, I can't remember now, but in Old Testament prophecy or a declaration by one of the Old Testament prophets where uh, God says, you know, you went, you were appointed by me to go and discipline the, the nation of Israel or maybe even another nation, but you went beyond, Yeah, you know. And, and these and guys went beyond. This was, same thing. This was the story of when uh, Dinah gets raped uh, okay. by some of the Canaanites. Uh, I can't remember what particular tribe. At Shechem, I believe. At Shechem, and, and so like, but then they they trick them into circumcising them themselves, right? And then, and then when everybody's them. yes, and then they attacked them, and, yep. and so it wasn't just hey, let's get justice on the one dude. <laughs> yeah, it was I'm wiping your family out, well, and right? it wasn't, and it wasn't like, uh, it, w- it wasn't just like like yeah, we're gonna take you and we're gonna put you to judgment and we're gonna do what's traditional justice. They said, no, no, you can definitely because the guy was in love with his daughter. You know, obviously he committed a crime, he committed a sin. Um, a hateful one, and but they're like, but they said, no, 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 you can marry our sister, it's fine, but you you got to be circumcised first. Yeah, and so they all went and circumcised. So it's just all the trickery. It's not even just the dirt. It's a, it was just they did it in a dirty way. It yeah. wasn't righteous. They, they could have done it. Like people try to do nowadays. They I think you're to, right, Casey. It, it, I think this whole over the top thing, and and Jacob is is acknowledging the fact. You know, I remember those those days, and because of that. You're not going to have the inheritance of the, of the blessing, if you will, of the. Of, so there's there's two more. So now we're down to going to the fourth son that we're going to see. Does he get the blessing uh, from his father? <laughs> and so this is uh, verse eight says, Judah, your brothers shall praise you. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's son shall bow down to you. Judah is a lion's whelp, for from the prey, my son, you have gone up. He crouches, he lies down as a lion, and as a lion who dares rouse him up. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until Shiloh comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. He ties his foal to the vine and his donkey's colt uh, to the choice vine. He washes his garment in wine, his robes in the blood of grapes." Uh, his eyes are dull from the wine. His teeth are white from milk. Now, you guys did a lot of work here to try to unpack this, but basically Judah is getting... Um, the one thing I, I want to start with is that he's the guy that went back and freed Joseph from that, that well. Isn't that right? Right. So we, he, He's the one that said, okay, that, hey, that guys, was, this is over the top. Well, uh, Reuben had planned to come back, but it was... Um, it was it was Judah who said, don't kill him, sell him to the slaves. That's right. But it was also Judah who later came and was... He's kind of the spokesman for yeah. the for the rest of the brothers because he was the one when he said, uh, "Leave Benjamin with me; he'll be my servant if I find fault with you." He said, "Take me instead; it's my yeah. fault." And he kind of that's uh, right. And so he was that's kind right. of a symbol of of almost sin redeemed, yeah. and who ends up being the father, kind of a Christ like characteristics yeah. In, yeah. embedded in there. Yeah. yeah, go. What's this? There's a lot of metaphor going on here. When you guys did some work here, what's that scepter between his feet? What do you what do you see in there? Well, the as the ruling, you know, he's going to be the one that will rule, and ultimately, it's the 
he it's his line through whom Christ comes. Yeah, who's the ultimate ruler? Because right. I mean, we see the the so we have Judah uh, and Perez and Tamar and all of these other things, and then that leads to King uh, David, who then gets the promise in Second Samuel that says the 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 kingdom shall not depart from you, David. It will right. it will always be in your line. That eventually leads to Jesus, who is the eternal the eternal king. So when it says the scepter shall not depart from Judah, it's not just a this kingly rule is just going to last for a long time. This is no, like, once Jesus is here, like, when we are sitting at his feet praising or doing whatever work that we're doing in the kingdom, it's because Jesus is holding the scepter and he is ruling from on high. Yeah. And the the lion's whelp might might even hint to that. I don't I don't know what commentaries uh, you might have read, but I it's possible that there's a lot of lions, if you want to call, come from that, the lion of the tribe of Judah, certainly mm-hmm. that's Christ. But even going back through that line, we have we have David in that line, and uh, there's some there's some ideas that this lion's whelp might be. There's a whole bunch of leaders that are going to come from this, and then the ultimate Progeny, one yeah. will be there as well. I think it's a it's an amazing picture of prophecy, and so I, there's a couple of things I want to think about. First of all, think about this old man saying all these things, and think about these sons taking it in. And and I wonder what their expressions were. I mean, what was Reuben's expression, and what these the next <laughs> yeah. two guys, you know, Simeon and Levi. Well, luckily like, Jacob's oh. blind, so he can't see at this point. <laughs> That's right. It's right. He's, his senses are very dull, uh, but he's speaking, you very know. Clearly. But their expressions on their face must have been, oh my gosh, I didn't think Dad remembered that. Yeah. Well, well and with with uh, Reuben's, you know, with his laying with Bilhah, uh, Genesis thirty five twenty two just says, and Jacob heard it. And and but no reaction then. So you uh, think, oh, was no big deal. That's okay with yeah, it. It's okay. Don't <laughs> Until make deal. now, it's like yeah, oops. No. <laughs> he did remember that. Yeah, uh, well, maybe. And I can just imagine because like, we haven't even got to the rest. I think we're just gonna have to end on Judah. But I mean, like when we get to your, you have a great interesting translation. Yours says Shiloh. Mm-hmm. Mine says tribute, which may more or less mean the same thing of everything coming to him. But I mean, like Isaiah sixty five talks about like in the 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 end time when Jesus is ruling that all all nations will come and acknowledge that Jesus is king and that all the wealth of the nations will come to him and so even just from a the a pre i guess not prehistoric but like just from that historic standpoint of all of his brothers standing there be like what you're gonna get all of this money and you're gonna have all of these people bring stuff to you like like i can just already see the favoritism again kind (laughs) of like no nope as soon as dad's gone yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. Or what I would be sitting there thinking is like, well, what about the whole Tamar story, Dad? You know, he, he just seems to, to kind of push all that aside. That's a pretty That's nasty a scene in his life. Yeah. Um, but but I think I think Casey, you brought it up. He he also did some real Christ-like things and basically, you know, stood in the gap for for uh, for Joseph and said, hey, you know, take me instead of him. And so maybe. Maybe those are the things that are memorable to him, and that's that's part of it. Yeah, he definitely had that moment of redemption, um, trying to protect uh, Benjamin with Joseph, before he knew who Joseph was. But also, if you remember back in the Tamar story, he's humbled at the end, and he acknowledges his, his, uh, his sin. That, that, she, that she had acted more, that in even in tricking him the way she did, she had acted more righteously than he did because he he it was his duty yeah. to have given his third son, son to her, and he left her in mourning yeah. even till after his wife died, and then he was done with mourning. That is a good point because uh, you know it, there's this whole idea of, of forgiveness and you know and a, a acknowledgement of of sin, and he he did. He says he's a pretty stand up guy. I can see why he's of all the when he wants to be. Uh, well, I mean, be. not to mention he's like like as uh, Ken has this wonderful little chart here. Like he's he's literally in line, the fourth oldest. So yeah. it's it's 
like not only are these people uh, like yes, they're humans, and we get that. But not th- these other three: Reuben, Simeon, and Levi. Never seem to have this light bulb moment of, "Hey, maybe I shouldn't do these things." And even yeah. in the prophecies that Jacob is, is speaking right now, he's saying, "You're not gonna." Yeah. <laughs> you're, over time, you still are going to continue this this same old stuff. But Judah has recognized uh, that there is this this issue, and, and therefore, because he's fourth in line and he hasn't squandered his his blessing yet, mm-hmm. that's why he is getting the the right hand, so to speak, of saying, you you get yep. everything. And the blessing's going to come through you. The, the middle child gets a, yeah. gets a, a benefit where he normally gets kind of passed over. So continue on, though. He There's some other things here in 11 and 12, and I think you're right, uh, Austin, we need to, to land this one. But um, he ties his foal to the vine, the donkey's colt to the choice vine. He washes his garments and wine and robes in, uh, in the blood of grapes. What do you... What do you taken away from that, Ken? You've had some insight. Well, it's very confusing, I mean, just to read it on the surface... Um, but Derek Kidner refers to, um, and it really seems to tie the whole thing together. He said that tying your using vines as hitching posts, you wouldn't normally do that unless you have an abundance of production. I mean, a lot of grapevines going and the whole thing seems to really, I mean, like washing your, your garments in wine and your, your robes in the blood of grapes. I mean, it's like that's not something you, you would normally do. But I, trying to give the picture here of extreme opulence, yes, of extreme opulence, and yep. and so the Old Testament prophets in Isaiah and also Zechariah, they talk about. I mean, they kind of hint at uh, um, abundance during the millennium. Okay, well, so, I, so it could point to that. <laughs> well, and the possible. other thing I thought about is um, if you if you use grape or the blood of grapes or wine. To wash clothing, wouldn't that turn it like a red or a purple, which was a royal color, mm-hmm. oh, or something like wow. that? Which will, and, and also, the he uses the word "blood of grapes," which I know it comes later, which feels very like Christ Jesus. Yeah, he's <laughs> hinting Jesus is all the way through this. Like, no, I think you're right. I think all these metaphors. Of course, we we look at Scripture through a uh, a New Testament lens because we're on the other side of the cross. We see all these things, but it's really interesting to look back and it's like, wow, this was. These things were prophesied a long time ago, and let's watch how this plays out. Well, and if, and if Moses, if you think about the author, if Moses was the author, then do you think he has any clue about this? I don't know. Like when that's he's writing, he's, he's like, "That's where you get, I get the that uh, confirmation almost of the idea of of, divi- of proof of divine inspiration." And he's he's, he's yeah. writing these words, and he's like, "Raw obedience." Uh, this just it? this just sounds right for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. When I'm trying to write this story, and then <laughs> later on, we're we're like. We know why now, because yeah. we because we wait, we stuck around for the end. Good point. And then the final one: the eyes are dull from wine; his teeth are white with from milk. And I think I think what you're saying is just the overabundance that's going to have happen as a result of this scepter and his line. Now it now in most uh, I'll end we'll end with this one, but most times in prophecy, um, there's a there's a uh, what do you want to call that a fulfillment within the time of the mm-hmm. of the individual. And then there's sometimes a later fulfillment, which we see that in Christ, and then an ultimate fulfillment, usually in the in, in the millennial kingdom, as you brought up. And so these have a, yes, it happened in his day, and yes, it's a figure of, of what's going to happen in, in Christ's day and when he reigns, but it's an ultimate fulfillment of eternity and what it's going to be like forever. And so I, that's something you need to always look for in prophecy, because it has a, a different, uh, it, it's fulfilled in different ways and in... And, uh, and ultimate ultimate ways as it can, time continues to march on. So, well, that's a lot. We're going to stop stop with him, and then we'll find out the rest of the sons. Uh, 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 Next time.
next time we'll see where, where they get to land and what they what their uh, uh, portion there's our the word, their, their portion of land that they get so thank you so much for joining us and uh, being a part of Genesis chapter 49 we will continue next time God bless you all <laughs>